0: I want to see you coming back in here with fucking jerseys. I want to see you coming back in here
1: with bloodstained jerseys. Look at anybody going and sitting up a paint with those boys after that.
0: And the referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play Six. tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis and.
1: You said it, Marty. That's why you get the job as the main commentator for the All-Ireland Hurling Final these days. It's not just because you mention clubs loads of times or you talk about what's happening all around the world. It's because you come up with zingers like that that just can't be beaten. You're very welcome to the Three Man Weave, Balls of Ease G A podcast here with you on a Sunday evening. Still sweating and out of breath and heart beating after an All-Ireland Final, which seemed tipperary. Named and crowned as All Ireland champions for the first time since 2016, a three-year drought for them. Mick McCarthy here alongside um, Mark Farley and PJ Brown. No Morris today, lads. He's been uh, he went to the match off on holidays for a week. At the you know that's, that just shows you how football biased this podcast really is. That's one of the main presenter goes on holidays for the All Ireland hurling final.
2: The true? we also kicked him off because he keeps calling Jackie Terrell. Jackie Terrell. <laughs> that's what I thought. And I just to oh, your joke. You did, but this,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this happened behind my back, but I, I'm not against it. I have to be honest. What do we think, lads? Tip our all Ireland champions. We'll go through the whole thing because it was a, it wasn't the most like dramatic of all Ireland finals, but it's had its incidences and it, incidents, and it was like pulsating in its own way and kind of some good post match celebrations from Sheedy that you were particularly happy
0: with, Mark. I think there should be a Lee and Sheedy cam. That you could just say, do you know what, this match... It, 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 like, everything the, the camera cuts to Leam Sheedy, the match is made 10% more brilliant. So you can make it 100% more brilliant by having it on Liam Sheedy all the time because he's just going around the whole... Like, he seems to just be running up and down the line, fist pumping, wheeling his arms around in the air, uh, clapping. He does an awful lot of clapping, actually, because I kept tabs on this today because I was doing fist pump stats. And Sheedy actually claps more than he fist pumps. Uh, I'd say his hands are sore from the amount of time he applauded during the game.
1: <laughs> Sheedy's been uh, gone for... God, I mean, he was gone since 2010, so the best part of a decade. And he's been on the Sunday game in that time, and he's been very good. And people have seen the kind of analytical side of him and, uh, you know, the, the intelligence side, I suppose. Um, but in that time, we've had, like, Davey lo- winning All-Ireland, losing the head on the mm. sideline for Clare. Um, just various. That's be- been the kind of manager MO. And I think Liam Sheedy has come back into things, and people have forgotten that he's actually the maddest of them all <laughs> on the sideline. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have him back this season. He's completely dominated the championship.
2: I, was he always this mad on the sideline? I don't remember it. Like no. I don't remember being this mad mm. the first time around. Has the, the madness developed? I watched a time? lot
1: of uh, Tipperary and Clekenny games over the last week, and in oh nine and ten, there was a there was a good bit of Liam Sheedy madness mm. on the sideline. It might not have been like this though. It might not have been quite as. Uh, he, do you know what? I think he's come back now, and he kind of doesn't give a shit. He's ten years older. He knows he's the right man for the job. He's very confident in himself, and also he's just confident in his own skin. I would imagine, and it's just like kind of this is who I am. Let's just be that way, you know. Maybe he was a little bit more reserved a few years ago. Not that much, though.
0: That's what I wonder, though. Is it reserved just the sideline? Like the first thing Seamus Callinan said in his speech was when he mentioned Liam Sheedy. He's you come back. He came back in, and he's been a bundle of energy around the place. So like, is he like a little terrier dog just like running around? And like, he's also, as we know, very high up in the bank. (laughs) What's he doing in the bank? The great GEA
1: profession of being very high up in the bank, yeah. Yes.
0: And like I would imagine people who are very high up in the bank as people go around in suits, you know, very reserved, doing a lot with numbers having meetings things like that is Liam Sheedy just (laughs) running around the place going and and clapping away at lads trying to do their jobs is that how he got high up
1: okay uh, I've got to distance myself from those comments that uh, Liam
2: Sheedy has been
1: employed by Bank of Ireland as a literal clown
2: no (laughs) no he's a clown he's just around g and up lads I think think you've you've taken taken Mark's comments a little bit further than he actually
1: intended There. well I've distanced myself from those comments so he can say what he wants I've distanced
0: myself from mixed distancing (laughs) up Comments.
1: we'll talk about uh the red card a big deal right we'll talk about kilkenny's performance we'll talk about where the game was won we'll look at the season overall we're gonna have a look, we're kind of almost rushing through a podcast we have so much to talk about but what i want to talk about lads first is the performance of tipperary in the second half it might you know they came out Callinan and Bubbles had very, very quiet first mm-hmm. half. Neither, neither of them scored. Bubbles, it's been a little bit the story of the second half of the season. Callinan was fantastic, but really just didn't do anything in the first half today. By the 41st minute, or by 41 minutes gone, the 42nd minute, six minutes gone in the second half, they had 2-2 between them, 1-1 each. Callinan setting up Bubbles for the second goal, which was just unbelievable. And the game was over. And from that point on, or from when they came out, they almost did what Dublin did to Mayo. And I think that's to be commended for Tip, you know, because we've seen what happened when Tipperary went to 14 men against Wexford and Wexford didn't make it work for them. Tipperary, like, put their foot to the pedal and just never let up and the game was done and Kilkenny never got back to it. I just was really, really impressed by that and I thought that that's where they won it, really.
2: It is strange that it it seemed so easy to kill the Kilkenny spirit. I mean, if you're going to, like, talking about a team that, what do we hear about most about Kilkenny's savage work rate? And that really wasn't, it didn't feel like that was there in the second half. And that Kilkenny, that Tipperary onslaught at the beginning of the first half, it really seemed to kill that. And to actually do that to a Kilkenny team is, that's something special. not, not Not many teams do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that what we saw then when Tip kind of got that bit of momentum is I think We've seen you see it from time to time in this tip team, but I think it's why a lot of people think this is the most talented group of players in the country, mm-hmm. and these are the team that nearly should be winning the All Ireland every year, or the team that might be tipped when we kind of are coming in with Championship previews and everything, because some of the skills of those of the forwards, in particular, of what Bubbles Cal- Callnan when he just came into the game, he just finds so much space in the full forward line to go and maybe pick out a pass or have a shot. But even I remember Jason Ford got a point from under the Hogan sand mm-hmm. that was just wrists and but we all just kind of went oh in the, in the office you know when we were watching it but like when tipper like that there's nobody like them but what even stood out to me today then is look there's going to be the 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 kind of asterisks of the extra man that's always going to be there but their back play like kilkenny, kilkenny were questionable i think in their tactics of letting it in i suppose on top of fenley or Walsh or or Reed or, Reed, or Reed. whoever was in there you know um Billy Ryan obviously for a finish but the way Ronan Marr caught barrett Heffernan who was brilliant wasn't he mm-hmm. and yeah, um, was very good you know Paddy Marr as well Brendan Marr the way they were just able to clean up things and sometimes it was the extra man sometimes they were just winning individual battles and i thought that they ah, they stood up so much today i thought they were absolutely brilliant Kilkenny never got a sniff yeah.
0: like even top of Kilkenny work rate like Whatever about in defence, in attack they just seemed like there was no running. They've already got a running game going at all, especially in the second half when it should have theoretically been easier given the conditions that had stopped team and rain. And also, if you know, compare it to the Limerick game, one of the things we were talking about after that game was that if Kilkenny have five forward or five backs hounding you or chasing after you in a sort of swarm defence, there must be space somewhere, and that seemed to happen in the second half. But that like them, like the pass obviously. Uh, from Callanan for the goal was a perfect example of that where um you're just looking and going, Jeez, that's Yeah. Like, I Me and where do they where did he see that from? The like, where did that come out of? And that's kind of the the sort of bit of skill and class that the tip forwards have. Myself and
1: PJ were looking at a clip of that just before we came in here. They showed it on, on, on the replay and we're like, how did he have so much space? And yeah. we're kind of looking at Paul Murphy kind of like haplessly chasing after him. and I'm almost wondering was Paul Murphy even on him because he was too far off mm. you know what I mean I don't know there was some miscommunication or something there but it was a brilliant pass by Callum and like it was just great vision to see him
2: initially thought it was a, like it was a mishit goal opportunity but it was like no well I know it's clearly a pass yeah yeah he's yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely like he's definitely hit that pass to sorry was it who scored the Jason Ford who scored it? Dwyer, Bubbles O'Dwyer, sorry, yeah, O'Dwyer, yeah, O'Dwyer, yeah. O'Dwyer, yeah yeah
1: yeah um that was part of that kind of 2-2 in a couple of minutes that the two lads got having not re- again i just i can't get over how they went from nothing it, if you were looking at a half time you'd be like jesus like i know t- i know Kenny have 40 men but you know tipper like just you know, Bubbles isn't playing, and Callinan's not playing. But How sure. are they going? And John McGrath wasn't even in it either. And he had a brilliant second half. And you think the three of those lads would just turn up at half-time and dominate the second half? Sure. Even know?
0: like after the first quarter, Michael Duggan said on commentary where he's like, "Geez, Tipper would be happy with this." They haven't heard at all, and they're they haven't heard at all, and they're only a, a couple of points behind. Like Reid was about to take his, I think, fifth or sixth point. Like this was during the um, the massive downpour there was in the mm-hmm. first fifteen minutes. And that, at that stage, Tipperary were behind, and you're kind of wondering. Was it Kilkenny that were actually going to tear away with this?
2: It, it, I think until around the 20... It was around the, just before Niall Amara's goal. It felt like this was game being played on Kilkenny's terms here. Yeah. A lot rather than, than... Sorry, yeah, being played on Kilkenny's terms rather than Tipperary's. It was like a hand-to-hand kind of scrap rather than the shootout that Tipperary wanted it to be. Yeah. And it did... Sh- though, though like, Niall Amara got his goal shortly after, after that and it did... It felt like Tipperary have come back into this a little bit more. But it still felt like a game that Kilkilling could have won, could, could win. And obviously that changed when uh, Richie Hogan got sent off. Yeah, we'll
1: talk about Richie Hogan getting sent off. But actually you mentioned O'Mara's goal there. And I think a lot of the, it's, got, it's almost like the analysis of this game is going to start with the sending off. But there was a lot that happened before that And you're right Tip were abject at the mm. start And you were like God This is what Kilkenny did to Cork After Cork Cork got a very very quick start And then for the next 20 minutes It was all Kilkenny It's what they did to Limerick And Limerick were always A little too far behind You'll get your chance to come back But You know They'll always be just that A bit ahead of you And You know Tip I think As Deignan was saying Something like You know Eight points is a big uh, You know It's a big lead in a day like this And Then five minutes later It was a draw yeah and Amara's goal was class because Mark we've been playing the uh, Gaelic Games Hurland this season the old Playstation 2 game and one of the, it, it's just this funny kind of anomaly in the game where when you solo it you can kind of sidestep from back and forth as you're doing it and just sort of confuse the hell out of the yeah, defenders yeah
0: he that triangle he was Amara- just tapping that triangle button
1: and <laughs> exactly yeah, and Amara did it in real life and it was just he was just I don't know, I can't remember what defender it was, it was kind of Fogarty Fogarty and he turned them inside out yeah. like it was just it was Fogarty painful to take, watch for Fogarty to look
0: behind him. (laughs) was he gone through his legs or something he didn't know where he got he literally lost him
1: yeah and it's interesting with O'Mara because you know Dan McCormick didn't score today and kind of did the Dan McCormick job but O'Mara's been almost put in that bracket a little bit this year kind of again if you're going to compare them to Dublin and the kind of Howard Niall Scully roles you know as the wing forwards but O'Mara showed like such a class kind of hurling acumen and skill for that goal you know that it was great that he was almost Got that opportunity to do so and put his own name on it, yeah. so as opposed to being the
2: unheralded work working bee. You know, he Worker. he like he, he did tap the triangle on uh, Conor Fogarty. I think, to <laughs> use your terminology there, it, it wasn't he didn't just smash it either. He he stroked it into the back of the net. Like he he, he put it beyond uh, kind of Owen Murphy's reach.
1: Yeah, Don Log was critical of Murphy actually. Um, I thought it was a tough one now, I have to say. It bounced in front of him and was soaking wet grass. Yeah.
0: He said that if you're a goalkeeper, you're expecting it to come back across the other side. Yeah. Uh, so that the fact that Omar went with the corner he was facing into, running into, that it makes it all the more difficult for a goalkeeper. And also, yeah. there's the other thing that I don't know how to hurl make part of the money as a cabin man but i know one thing on a wet day if you're going for goal i don't know since time immemorial you hit it <laughs> off the ground you don't just hit it low and hard like you, get a yeah. foot, you smash it off the it takes that skid off the yeah. surface which is exactly what he did
1: we weren't at the game because we you know we planned to do this and we wanted to get the quick reaction out um but we are very close to crow park here we're about maybe a mile away less than less even and what you couldn't see on television was how heavy that rain was in the first half. Like, it was just... I don't, I don't think there was any way of
2: describing it other than it felt like something from a Vietnam War film. For anyone who was at the 2014 semifinal between... Limerick and Kilkenny, it was. It it, it looked like that kind of weather. Maybe maybe not. Maybe not. No, that 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 one came across. No, maybe maybe not as biblical as that, but (laughs) but 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 somewhere close. It was the the kind of weather where it it feels like someone is standing next to you, throwing buckets of water over your head. (laughs) Yeah, it was the type of weather where
0: uh, you not only get worried that you left clothes out on the line, but that you left the line out itself. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very old Irish joke. There, (laughs) Mark's been uh, dying to get out of the podcast for for
1: years. Spot right
2: there. Uh, (laughs) It feels old It It did feel that, like, that went on from it was about the first 15 minutes or so, it was about the third minute to the 12th or 13th minute, where maybe it eased off a little bit after that. But like, if, if the weather continued like that, it did. that felt like this is Kilkenny weather here. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of weather where Kilkenny will, Kilkenny will love this. Here, but like that's
1: it. the exact point I was going to make. The reason I was bringing up the rain was because it was in the aftermath of that when the ball would have been at its greasiest and all, that tip actually were the ones who kind of stepped up mm. and got back into the game. And you're dead right. We were kind of thinking this will suit Kilkenny. This will suit the kind of more dogged hurler. But it's funny because for all the... Look, we're not going to get into where their tactics were. We all know Kilkenny have tactics, despite them saying they don't. But they obviously had a very a conversation about playing in the more Limerick style. There was no real long balls up until the second half when they were in their desperation. It was short passing off the stick, off the hand. And they miscontrolled the ball an awful lot of times. And I think it was because in those conditions it was nigh on impossible. Like TJ Reid missed the ball completely at one stage when he went to rise it. I don't think we'll see that if if he hurls another 10 years we wouldn't see him do it again. And I think that... I think Tip actually adapted better to the conditions and seemed to control the ball better. And like again it's hard to describe how bad it was. Like it is, it was almost impossible to play in. But again, I think we're going to talk about like where tip won the game and in different aspects and stats and stuff like that. But that's another thing that another battle that tip won, I think was they, when the conditions kind of went against everybody, tip won that battle too, you know?
0: Hey, hmm. uh, are we doing 32nd win just today? Yeah, of course we are. Yeah. It's three man weave. Go on. They kept me in. Yeah. Go for it. Now. Right. We talked about conditions. Uh, but there's one thing you cannot blame the conditions for, which is Richie Hogan sending off. <laughs> I, I mean, whether you agree that it's a sending off or not, the conditions surely can't come into it. I don't understand how hitting a lad, either a shoulder or if a raised arm or whatever it is, has to do with the rain. I don't know why he kept mentioning it. Why he kept mentioning it on commentary going, given the conditions today, you'd have to forgive him. He didn't slip and fall into him or anything. Yeah. Jeez, you went twenty five seconds there. Well done. I don't think <laughs> that's ever happened before.
1: Uh, it's a good way to bring us on. Actually, I thought you were jumping into the sending off in general. I agree with you. Actually, in that there, there are ways conditions could have added to that because he could have just slipped slightly into and and put up his arm to protect himself. Or, or if he was, or for bar- instance, Barrett
0: could have slipped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or if, for instance, you're an American footballer and you're wearing a visor and it was, you know, the rain was in your <laughs> was you blocking see. your vision. Although but, I don't, I don't know when you were like you don't.
1: Uh, It's never, ever, ever mentioned that your vision is very impaired as a hurler in those helmets. Yeah. It's never mentioned, actually. It's never talked... It's like, what are we going to do? Play with no helmets? Of course we're not. But there is... I'm not saying that's the reason for this. I'm just... Just dawned to be there when you are saying it. You don't, you can't see great Trudeau's,
0: but it was almost that it was a surprise in the conditions that Karl Barrett could stop dead so well <laughs> and turn back. That's, maybe that's the only, that's literally the only way I could think to come into it that with the conditions you'd expect the Barrett wouldn't be able to stop like that. Yeah.
1: So when we talked about this at the end of the game, you said I'd mellowed because I was adamant that it wasn't ascending off. Yeah. Originally. And I think one of the reasons is that I think that we were taking, as as we do in all sports these days, I think there is too much of an emphasis of what you see somebody doing in super slow motion as opposed to what's actually happening at somebody running full blast. Now, again, I, I'm going to just say my piece here, and then I'll let you contradict me. And to be honest, I'm not sure how much I fully believe in all of this myself yet. But this is what I, this is what I thought at the moment, right? One, and I noticed this before he was ever hit, it just jumped out at me. That that was an amazing piece of agility from Barrett Mm. to be able to stop where he did without going over the line. Now, I would imagine that Richie Hogan thought the same thing as he was coming to him. You know, so he thought he's going to be in a certain place. There's no way he's stopping and I'm going to be there with the shoulder. Secondly, in a game of hurling, somebody's on the sideline, you're there lined up for a shoulder. If you don't go for that with all your might, and it's funny because I thought either it was Dignan or the guys in studio kind of half-criticized him for going in like that. And I'm like... If he didn't do that, he would have been booed nearly by his own fans. And definitely Cody would have had a word with him because that's the job. It's like if somebody's messing around the sideline, they're going out over it, you know. And it would have been a shoulder. And if you watch the way he comes in, he absolutely comes in for a shoulder-to-shoulder charge that Barrett suddenly stops for. And he catches him on the way through. Now, that last angle... That's what I'm thinking at the time. I'm like, look, you can't worry about what you see in super slow motion because that's what he looked for. He couldn't be expected to know. PJ, you're going to make a good point because I'm sorry to cut to it but it's a fair one that it's his responsibility yep. to be careful on that. But also, the second thing is the elbow. I don't know if that's a natural position or not. Mark, you're adamant that it's not.
0: Well, it's just that I think it was that he went into the shoulder and as he caught Barrett stopped, he's probably like trying to still get a hit on him. Yeah. He's obviously not going to elbow him in the head. And yeah. like, he's uh, and you know he, he actually didn't, he just hit him with the forearm or his not his forearm, his what's what's it called up upper arm. Yeah. <laughs> Barrett, but, his uh, bicep I suppose bi- or something. Well it was his yeah. tricep more than his yeah. bicep. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's okay. which which of the triceps was it? Or which of the tri was it? Um <laughs> uh, But uh, like if the thing the funny thing is if Carl Barrett was a taller man he'd Probably still be on the pitch because he would have just caught him around the chest and it'd be grand. That's mm. right, it's very unfortunate. It's not, you can't, like, it's very, one of those where it's, it is a red card, but you also wouldn't be critical of Richie Hogan, really. In that, I think he just was like, he, like, he said, he didn't, he, he kind of pushed, it was put, so you don't want to talk about elbows because it sounds like he's trying to elbow him, but he was, he was just trying to get his arm out to get a hit yeah, on him. Yeah, he was trying to rescue the fact that his
1: shoulder yeah, wasn't going to, miss wasn't going
0: to go, happen, yeah. But at the same time, if you the need goal, to, if, yeah. the the, if the rule is if the rule is any contact with the head is a red card, then it's a red card. I don't know if that's super slow mo. I think it's that we're looking at it from the camera in the top of the stand, whereas the linesman is looking at it from. He has a better view of it. Yeah. you don't need a super slow mo to see that. Um, but again, like we said, it's not really. It's it's just unfortunate for Hogan because I don't think he was going in to do anything. You know, yeah, I,
2: know, I mean, 18 minutes before that happened, uh, Carl Barrett drew blood. From Richie Hogan. He swung the hurley around the front of his face guard. Richie Hogan had to go off. Uh, Bloodthug had to come yeah. on for Richie Hogan. I do wonder, like, in that moment, is Richie Hogan, I know, vengeance might be a little bit too strong of a word, but is he out to get some, something, something, he's, he's, he's out to get a little bit back on Carl Barrett in that moment? If he did seem to go in with, he went in strong, he went he in did, fast, yeah. like, he went, he went in to fe- drive him out, yeah. like, yeah. He went, he went in to drive him out. And I do, like, I. That may have been in his mind in that moment. Hold on. So, someone like Carl Barrett has hurt me. I'm going to to hurt I him. I know. But I'm, I'm going to make sure he knows I'm here and that, you know, that yeah. I'm in this game. Also, I do wonder, you are like, I know you say you're like, in that moment, you want to drive him out over the sideline because... This is it. This is what you're supposed to do in a situation. Mm. But also, I mean, Carl Barrett. It was just like one step back, and Richie Hogan was gone. And like, if, if he hadn't the clipped him, Carl Barrett would have been off with the ball down the wing. Yeah. I mean, like you. Just because you're going hard doesn't mean it's better. You know, you 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 can be smarter in that situation as well, and just put yourself in front of him.
1: I agree with that, except for again, I think that we have to. Again, if he had done it, I don't think we would have been like, "What are you doing with Hogan? I think we would have been saying, "What a piece of agility from Barrett!" I think it was unusual that he was able to do that in those conditions, mm. <laughs> Michael Duggan. But uh, you make a fair point about the receding because I don't think we know, but yeah. I think it's a it's a it's a fair question because you don't you hear players talk about that. That's not a secret. It's not about revenge or vengeance, mm. but it's about kind of like. It's a it's a matchup thing. It's yeah. a kind of a psychological battle, and if he got one over on me, I'm just going to show him I'm here. You know, like we saw that with I don't, Paulie I don't, Marr knocking out Joe Canning a few years ago. You know what I mean? He accidentally hurt him, but what he was trying to do was knock him to the ground and knock him out of the off the
2: pitch. You know? Yeah, I don't know if Baradashi you, like got one over on Richie Hogan. He gave away a free in that situation. It, yeah, it, yeah. it was actually a really nice bit of skill by Richie Hogan. There was a really high ball over his head to win the ball and he was away and Barrett swung the hurley around the front of his face guard and he caught him.
1: Yeah. I have to say I felt sorry for the referee, James Owens, because... He even said, and they reported this in RT. They have like he; they could hear his uh, communications today, which is a kind of a cool thing, actually. Um, it'd be great if we could hear it. But he said that uh, he told the linesman, "Look, if he made contact with the helmet, I've no choice. You, you know, a referee doesn't want to change a game like that. He doesn't want to make a decision like that in the first half. But he did it well, I think. And I think you know, I, I, it's you know, it's rare that we'll come out of a game and not have a load of complaints about a referee, but." You know, he had one decision to make today and he probably did make the right one by the letter of the law. My question is, to both of you, is if he made the right decision, if it was he had no choice, should he have a choice? Is that a, should that always be a red card incident, a possible accidental collision with the face? Again, you know. It's hard to know because... Fe- like does like, a face always have to be the head as well
0: you know yeah, what I'm, I'm saying, saying that it was it's a glance and blow to his face yeah. and even blow is an exaggeration probably but where like if it's a full on frontal blow to someone's face or their head then that's obviously what you I think I think it's one of those where you have to just make do with it that I think it's it's more important that they're caught than the others are let off for yeah the, for the health that's absolutely health fair of yeah. players so yeah. Sometimes it's going to be harsh and it's going to be like, look, it'll be the letter that they have to go. But I think that's better than the opposite way around where it's at the referee's discretion. And then after the game, we're like, actually, do you know what? That was intentional or that was full on or that should have been a red, or whatever.
2: I don't think the decisions should be based on the result. I think what what happened? As a, do you like, if Calderon had been knocked out, then, oh, it's definitely a red card. Yeah. If he, if he just barely clips him, that it's... It's not a it's, it's not a red right card.
1: No, I agree with you that it shouldn't be it shouldn't be based on the result. But what I'm saying is that should there not be? I wonder if a result like Do you remember Podge Collins got sent off against Wexford, uh, 2014, when Claire were all Ireland champions, and mm-hmm. it was and Clare ended up losing the replay of that because he interfered with the helmet yeah. or whatever. But there was a kind of a his hand was caught in a face guard or whatever and pulled it off, and it was like it was. Not great, but it was also... You could tell there was nothing malicious in it. You could tell he was like, oh, shit, are they going to, you know, bring in this rule? And he was gone, and, you know, he was crying on the sideline, you know? And it's just like, the only person that's been done any damage here is Podge Collins, mm. you know? And there was nothing he could have done to do that Like, it was no... He wasn't in a situation to do damage to the player he did it to. And you just wonder if these, like, hard and fast... Kind, it's like mandatory minimums, like, in... You know, in sentencing. Like, you know, they don't really... They, they rarely protect anybody and they can just over punish people and i just wonder is like is maybe you t- uh, the other point of it is you're taking the decision out of the referee's hands so then he doesn't have to say i don't want to send somebody off in the first half of an Ireland final which is the wrong way to be as well you know so i'm kind of a little bit conflicted on it i have to be honest i don't i can't come down one way or another on it i think by the law he was right to be sent off i don't think it had a I don't think there's a debate as to whether he should have been sent off today. I'm just wondering about whether that should be a sending off offence in general. You're know? you,
2: you calling for referees to be allowed to apply common sense in these situations? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> did, it, uh, did it ruin the game? I suppose it's a
1: straightforward question because we had a close game up until then and we didn't have one for much longer. I think it pretty sure it changed the game, yeah. yeah. I know I it changed it. I'm just wondering, do wonder you, is, is this a shit all-Ireland final because like, a, you know, a team that didn't have that many players playing well anyway lost one of the ones who wa- was in, like, 25 minutes gone would the you game. Say, would
0: you say that, a team that didn't have that many players playing that well? Like, I wonder, like, was it inevitable that Tip were going to... Like, if you look at the... the uh, sure, the official statistics partner of the GA have their stats out from the final. And, like, I know that a, a lot of this is going to come from after the red card as well, but, like, in every facet of the game, Kilkenny were beaten. I mean, they only won. I think they won thirteen out of thirty-seven of their own puckouts. That's thirty-five percent of their own puckouts. That's amazing. Tipperary won seventy-seven percent, and I think Diagn was talking with that before. Um, actually, he was talking with that with a tip. The tip of winning them actually, to be fair, I think that now he was saying the tip were going short of them. Kilkenny were harrying them and chasing, them, which probably did have that mm-hmm. was something that. They weren't able obviously to do as well once Hogan went off. That maybe that was one of the things that changed the game. The tip were able to get out of their own defence a lot easier. But other things like scoring chances from play, Kilkenny only created 18, tip created 36, twice mm, as many. Twice as many. Uh, yeah. Three hooks for tip, one hook for Kilkenny, five blocks for tip, four blocks for Kilkenny, forty tackles from Tip, thirty-five from Kilkenny, uh fifty-three percent possession for Tip. So everything like Every, even look I did the fist pump stats like I was saying and it's remarkable <laughs> why aren't they in here yeah exactly <laughs> we had how uh, many had we had two and two is four and six ten fist pumps for Tipperary televised yeah. one one televised tip fist pump for Kilkenny in the 16th minute from TJ Reid and like whatever about the game like you talk about you know the Hogan sending off change it the lads just wearing fist pumping regardless <laughs> I think like they only had <laughs> one fist pump in him on the field, whereas if you look at you look at Liam Sheedy, he had a he had four double arm fist pumps in a row when the Omar goal went in. That kind of jizzing up, you know, there was no there was none of that. <laughs> him at all. <laughs> I don't want to look.
1: I don't want to rain on the parade of the fist pump thing, but I will actually. I want to bring it back to the serious thing again, though, because I know. Look, fist pump, doesn't matter. And obviously the winning team is going to have more and they're going to have more to G up and celebrate. But it's a sign that there was never a kind of a comeback or anything or there was never a sort of a moment where you thought Kilkenny were going to be in it. Because if they were six points down and had scored the last two points and Pork Walsh caught a big puck out or whatever and won a free out, that's prime fist pump territory. That's what what the fist pump was almost invented for, you know? And Kilkenny never had a moment. They never had a moment in the second half where you're like, Geez, they could get back into this. Yep. Something could happen, you know? Yeah. And it actually just got further and further away until in the end, it became an embarrassment. I think Tip got the last five points. I was
0: expecting, though, some defensive fist bumps. Do you know, like, just like, even coming out into a final, like, you know, in the first couple of minutes, you win a turnover, you get a block, you get something, like, there was... Just something that they're like, come on, and we win a free. You know, like the Horland is that's for, is renowned for is the is the winning a free out after you've won the ball back. Yeah, fist pump. And I that's running. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Didn't win I any.
2: think that the one, the lone Kilkenny fist pump marked their kind of the apex of the game for them. Yeah, but they they it was around that point we were talking about. Chiefs they're really giving uh, temporary pr- problems here from with their sharp sharp puck outs. There was like. like Barry Heffernan hand passed the ball straight to, might have been TJ. Yeah. That, I can't remember who it was exactly. And also, like the, the tips long puck outs, they were being won by Kilkenny at that point. I, think, yeah, I, just, I can't believe
0: that I mentioned so many uh, intriguing stats that you're provided. Yet, we ended up with a five minute discussion on <laughs> Facebook. I was I'm delighted.
1: <laughs> I want to go into just a few more kind of things that stood out to me, right? So, if you look at a forward line, right? So, they're there they're struggling five against six for a lot of the game I completely understand that but I just want to compare the performances all right John Donnelly had a very good game he got three points from play fair play to him that's going to be you know something that at least he can take on and that's good for a 21 year old because Kilkenny will have to build around these guys Adrian Mullen whether he was sick or you know we don't know he was obviously a rumour to be missing the game and had been in hospital during the week with kind of flu like symptoms he was taken off after 39 minutes didn't score at all but the big names are what I'd be worried about because you had TJ Reed got one point from play. Right, Had a good game, I would say, but one point from play, nailed a load of freeze. Walter Walsh, one point from play, thought he was poor. Colin Fennelly had his worst game of the season by a good bit, one point from play, laid on when the game was over. Richie Hogan had scored one point by the time he was sent off. Billy Ryan came on and got two points again. They're the kind of they're the guys that Kilkenny want to step up with the guys who were already there, not the ones who were already doing it. So you compare that then to what the Tipperary forward line did. John McGrath had a brilliant second half, not just because of his three points from play, but got three points from play. Seamus Callanan won two. Bubbles won two, Jason Ford of his nine points two were from play. Uh Nila O'Mara got the goal as we talked about, only McCormick didn't, you know. That was again, obviously team wins by loads, they're gonna have bigger scores. But I think you can see in the spread that Tip nearly perform outperformed Kilkenny, especially the big names, like you know, nearly in every single bracket. And if you look around the rest of the pitch then, um Buckley and Brown, neither of them scored in midfield. Uh, no Norma uh, Michael Breen got a point each. Jerry Brown come on and got another point, right? So that's three points to no score from the, from the midfield. In the backs then, we had um, Kennedy got two scores. No back scored for... Oh, Pork Walsh got one point for Kilkenny. Another win. You look at the bench, five points from the Tipperary bench, two from uh, Billy Ryan from the Kilkenny bench. So there's literally nowhere that... Um, that Tipperary didn't kind of dominate the game. The only thing they had that one another thing they had more of was wides. They had nine wides to Kilkenny six. And when you think that they scored 325 and tip, and Kilkenny only scored 20, and the fact
0: that they only had six wides, that yeah, that's t- tip actually 11. Did they?
1: Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I obviously missed a couple. But um, to only have six wides and to only score 20 in an All-Ireland final is like just shocking return, really, in this day and age, you know?
0: I kind of felt sorry for Fenley. I know we were saying he hadn't had the greatest game, but like. He was kind of fighting on his own there for a while. With not even on his own, there may be two men in the forward line, but there was always an extra Kliken or a Tipperary body bag even before the send-off. And mm. there was like there was one thing in the first half where he was he was almost trying to just he, he was running around bagging into lads, hopping off lads, trying to get the ball. Couldn't stick obviously because it was so yeah. slippery and so wet. Like and the quality ball to come in wasn't that great. Um, he just made a few bad decisions as well though, and didn't he. There's ways around yeah. that, like you know, like Casal had the same the things,
1: situation and yeah. fought his way into the game, and Fenley couldn't do it because he just wasn't. It just wasn't his day, you
0: know. Yeah, the tip forward seemed to be, get away from their uh, marker much easier. Like they were, they almost seemed to always be two or three yards out in front when the ball was coming in, and it was coming in, hopping in front of them, or coming in a directory that they could actually catch it on the run <laughs> rather than this kind to of be lofted in. But the, especially then in the second half, yeah. like I don't know, we have mentioned it a couple of times, but I don't know why Kilkenny were just constantly deciding, you know, what we're not going to run this, we're just going to lump it in on on an extra man but that's that's
1: like you've literally hit the nail on the head there because forget about like they shouldn't have been launching the ball in so quickly and so panicky anyway right but even taking that out how many balls did you see Callan or Ford or any of them um, catch in the middle of the square right in front of the goalkeeper or like, on the penalty okay. spot, basically, right? None. Because that doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. every single ball Kilkenny hit in that Ronan Marr will have come out with or whatever, right in front of the middle of the goals. There was no... Even if you were going to lump it long, it's uh, it's 2019. You need to have a bit of imagination about it. You need to hit it diagonally. You need to come from yeah. an angle, whatever. All these balls, like, literally nineteen forty stuff have just hit it in on top of the square. You know
2: what I mean? You can't do that anymore. They probably made Man of the Match out of Ronan Marr. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just like he did really well to do what was it like to manage what was put in front of him. But it was, there were terrible balls in. They were, all of them were landing in the middle of a massive scrum in front of the goal. And it wasn't like there was there was like five minutes to go here and we need like three goals. Yeah, This yeah. is like 25 minutes to go or 20 minutes to go and like you're down by seven or eight. You Just there's room to be smarter there. Yeah, and was- it, it, it is strange that they didn't have another plan there. You to- see
1: it once or twice a game, sorry. And it's like uh, Patrick Horgan might get a goal from it. But that's because they see, a back will see one-on-one, one-on-one and let, let us straight in. That's where the goals, the majority of goals you see that come in, come from somebody picking the ball up on the side and coming in diagonally towards the goal you know you don't rarely catch the ball under, under the goalkeeper's oh, nose goal in
0: the first half example of that yes got it but like yeah there was that for about the first 15-20 Second, I was only really, really at the end when all the substitutions had been made and you know the, the game had really broken down at that stage Tipperary had free men all over the place in midfield that they kind of pulled away like that it was still very much a game for the first 15 20 minutes of the second half, and I remember you even saying to "Like, Is this actually a good game in bursts? And it was had I was after about five or ten minutes of where it was just Kilkenny leathering it in, uh, Tipperary brilliant catch in the full back line, and they leather it back out. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, was frantic, just, like, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah,
2: that, that was partially due to the weather. I would think the conditions, like, because yeah. they did see that it's not really working here, path the, the sharp passing game because it's, it's all slippery and stuff. Yeah, I. Like, I think one of the big moments of the game came after two minutes when uh, Walter Walsh caught a ball over John McGrath in his, (laughs) for some reason, was his own full back line. And then he, while he was, I think Walter Walsh was being fouled, but John McGrath didn't give up on him. So when Walter Walsh hand passed it off to Colin Fenley, like John McGrath was there to hook him. Yeah. If Kilkenny had scored a goal in that moment, I mean, who knows what kind of game we're talking about after that. It you know, it's everything subsequently changes.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realise I knew McGrath got to hook him, but mm. I didn't
2: realise he was back in the Yeah, he was, you he know, was well, pretty sure wing he was to watch yeah. all over his head.
1: Um there's are we all agreed that Tip like absolutely deserved this All Ireland, although like, you know, They were so poor in the Munster final. Hmm. But in every other game, if you look at, like, you know, they came out first game of the year against Cork and people didn't know what to expect. It was more Cork we were watching for than Tip. And and Tip were brilliant that day. Beat them well. They beat Waterford. They absolutely hammered Clare. Like, you know, that game was, Tip were relentless that day. They were so, so good. They had a dead rubber against Limerick that didn't matter. And that seemed to just cost them all their momentum. They were awful in the Munster final. Quarter final against Leash... They didn't look like they were up to much at yep. all. They were very poor. And then the last two games, they get out of jail against Wexford, they have a very good second half performance. And then they're just on fire today. I think they're they're the best team overall, but I think Wexford and Limerick will be looking at twenty nineteen, even more so than Kilkenny. Like Kilkenny lost three games and drew mm-hmm. another one. They just had a, a run at the right time or something, you know. But I think it'll be Limerick and Wexford will be looking at themselves this year, yeah, thinking, you know, "What might have been? What have we done?" Yeah, exactly.
2: It wasn't really what twenty minutes to go in the Wexford game when they really started to play. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's uh, a strange when,
1: when they did. They were at they were the best team in the country when they were firing all cylinders. They just weren't doing it
2: that often, unfortunately. We they, they, they've done this as well without Bonhamar. Yeah, that they have when they, they lost them against. I think it was the dead rubber against Limerick. We're it was, yeah. They yeah. lost him and Barrett, didn't they, yeah. for the
1: Munster final? Yeah, yeah.
2: who think Bonnarmer who have talked about with one of the most important and inspirational players? That's you're going to win this all Ireland without him. That's notable. It's it's definitely notable. And
1: yeah. he was a, he was in when they were dominating the Munster. It was mm. because he was back to the old kind of Bonnarmer f- f- uh, form, where all the forwards get the space because of everything he creates mm. in the middle. Yeah. I have to
0: say though, like whatever about the Man City players all coming out to warm up with Sane on the back of their jerseys. I think it's a bit much from Tipperary that every one of the players changed their name to Marr. In- <laughs> Marr.
1: It's only a cruciate lads. Bonner got uh, one of the bigger cheers when he went up to get the jersey. Didn't go full kit John Kerry. John Kerry. G- John, John, John Kerry. <laughs> <The> former US <laughs> presidential
0: candidate John Kerry.
1: He didn't go full. I don't know much about football. I'm in a GA mode. Uh, he uh, he didn't go full, but he did have the jersey on with, with his tracksuit. Um, so what do we make? That's okay, isn't it? You allowed I will out put on the jersey. I the think he's putting there
0: in the final. Leave him off. He's allowed. He's getting that medal. He deserves just the it. shorts and socks because like nobody puts on. You only put on shorts and socks because you have to when you're going to, have to play. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know?
1: Yeah. Exactly. You're, you might wear the jersey to the match anyway. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what kind of? So let me just kind of sum up the season and think about where we kind of where it ranks then as a sort of a hurling year. Okay. We've had in 2016. I think it felt like almost end of an era, Kilkenny or kind of cast side. Maybe we'll have Tip will be there, but there's loads of teams coming behind them. Tip and Galway had had these runner games in the two semi-finals in a row. We knew Galway were on the way. In 2017, Galway and Waterford, a novel pairing for an All-Ireland final. Some really, really good games. Then last year, we had the revolution of the the new format. We had so many epic, epic games. That you can even half even remember some of them. We had the amazing semi finals followed by a, a brilliant, in the end, All-Ireland final with Galway coming back and, and Limerick getting over the line. Another famine has ended. And then this year, it was back to Kilkenny and Tip. The All-Ireland final doesn't really deliver in the in the way we'd all like to and neither did the provincial championships and mm. all we kind of really
2: had were semi-finals it was a very disappointing year i oh, yeah, like i was de- i was like really was looking forward to this final in that it did, did feel like there was a bit of a novelty about it in that you know this d- these sides hadn't met in this this game like this deciding game for a while it, like a bit like Dublin and Kerry yeah what, what you yeah. think we should be sick of it but there is that kind of a novelty about it yeah and it look it didn't live up to it
0: it's actually a shame for the final itself that it wasn't a good final I know that sounds so stupid to say what I mean is that there would have been people probably like that who weren't going oh another Kilkenny Tipperary final that like in the context of the story of the year and those semi-finals that's like no 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 this is different like this is really good like honestly it's going to be class and then it just doesn't live up to the to the expectation we had and it was kind of it's going to be forgotten about by the middle of the week. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah, I will. Like We'll be straight back into talking about uh, Goff and Kerry and everything again now soon. But it, it's actually interesting that you say that the context of the semi-finals because there's an element of if Kilkenny... Say if Kilkenny hadn't won 400 All-Irelands in the last 401 years, you know, up until, like, the story of them this year was very much an underdog Mm. grinding their way to an All-Ireland final somehow. And then you were thinking, can they do it again? Can they rise themselves again? Because I said on Friday, like, uh, on on Sunday, I would have taken 10 of the tip team, if you're looking, if you're putting man-to-man. Yeah. And I actually looked at that this morning. I kind of had it down to nine with a possibility of eight. But I think even looking at it again, like again now, you're kind of going, yeah, just looking at those performances, it would be back up to 10, possibly even 11. I think Tip have better hurlers. And I think Cork possibly do. And I think Limerick definitely do. But Kilkenny still managed to get their way it. But it's never going to be the narrative when it's a Brian Cody-Kilkenny team. We're never going to be feeling sorry for them, really.
2: Like, are we? Who is the better team to set up the win all Ireland's going forward, though? Because... I, it was it was like Liam Sheedy had a one-year plan to win in All-Ireland and he did it. He didn't really use those young players they had from the twenty under-21 team that won yeah. was it last year or the year before. They beat Cork. Uh, yeah, last you know, whereas, year and then this year again. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Kilkenny have brought in those younger players. Yeah. And maybe in the future they will benefit from that.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I mean, they tried a lot of them and then kind of ended up with just sort of, Brown, Mullen, and um, Donnelly, and the mm-hmm. team at the end, but I suppose that's all. Like if you're, you Lawler you're in there as well, you Lawler, I suppose. Yeah. So if you're getting four of those guys into a team, they just it seemed like there was more early on in the year. It's not too bad, but I suppose the other way that Liam Sheedy would look at it is that you know you want to be earning your way onto the team as well instead of just kind of been been thrown in. And if you think that Jake Morris, you know, was very involved early in the year and didn't look kind of like he went he went back and found his form with the under twenty ones. And has scored now in the semi final and final of the All Ireland. You have Mark Kyo, you have Willie Connors, you have Ger Brown. All all four have scored in both semi finals and all Ireland finals. Like so, you know, they're they are blooding it slightly, but they're, you know, they're gonna have to fight their way mm. to get into the team, which is you know, you don't really know what he's doing with the wider panel either. And they're gonna go and try and win their second under twenty one or under twenty, whatever it is, All Ireland in a row now next week. Like so I don't know, I think Tip are it's not as old as you think it is either you know you're probably looking at you know those 2010 under 21s are coming to the end but they still have a year or two left and it's like the next the next next year is almost crucial for them because they those boys maybe have two years left we need to know by the end of next year if they're being replaced you know
2: what well, what do you think changed between last year and this year to make them all Ireland winners because it's the same team yeah are they just working harder is that it <laughs>
1: I don't know, so I talked about, I was talking about this last night I think on Twitter, right, so, or maybe it was this morning, it's been a long day Tip weren't as
0: bad as everybody says they were say, last year. They were class in the league. Well, were the class? I can't remember. Jesus, so hard to remember what happened yesterday. I remember a brilliant game between Tip and Limerick in the league in twenty eighteen, and then we said yeah. that Limerick went on to win the All Ireland. Like yeah. there was nothing between them. They
1: lost the the Kilkenny. I think won the league, beat Tip in the final, as far as I can remember. You know, <laughs> even though it was like the the it, so, so it wasn't exactly the story of twenty eighteen was a, yeah, a, a typical Kilkenny final. But like,
0: that's it, and like then come the championship. There was the mad comeback, wasn't it? Was the Waterford comeback? Was that the first game?
1: That the Cork was the first game. That was the mad comeback. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that ended up in the draw. Then they drew at Waterford with that lunatic game with the when there should have been Hawkeye. Yeah. And and then they went out and lost to Clare in like a miracle win for Clare really. Like we were they were losing for the whole match and ended up there was a point where Tipperary hit the post and Clare went down the other end, scored a goal immediately and somehow knocked Tipperary out in Turles before they, and they'd lost to Limerick in their first game. Sorry, that was the kind of only time they were really beaten and suddenly they were gone and we didn't know at the time how good that Limerick team were. Hmm. You know, so, but that, that, it's not just that, obviously. They didn't play to their potential, but I'm just saying they weren't coming from nowhere and then you step it up, you bring Sheedy in and what did we, what have we not heard this year? We haven't heard any WhatsApp rumours about Tipperary. We haven't heard anybody not training. We haven't heard anything about Kyle Barrett being kicked off the squad temporarily for disciplinary reasons or anything like that. So I think it was just a... I think it might not necessarily be harder work, but I think it was a group of players that needed a bit of a come-to-Jesus-style meeting or season. I think Sheedy was the perfect person for it. And I, I just... I feel like they've been the most talented group since 2016 and it's just a very tip thing to go away and not do it for the next two years and you know they lost a classic to Galway in the semi-final in 2017 and then kind of just didn't turn up last year they're back now this is pretty good for tip if you look at there was a young exciting team with Owen Kelly and Lark Corbett and all these boys in 2001 that made a semi in 2002 and did nothing for years then 2010 won they got. They lost the final in two thousand eleven and didn't won, win again till twenty sixteen. And now they're, they're. It's a shorter gap each time, almost, you know. And I, I, there's a good chance that if Sheedy can kind of, this isn't the first All Ireland for most of these guys, mm-hmm. and I think if Sheedy can kind of keep keep things ticking, there's a chance that they can go and do what they've always wanted, to, which would be the new Kilkenny, you know, and they've just never been able to do it.
0: I'm also amazed by how players keep going. Like players who get to an Ireland final, like. Dublin are the the best in the football where like it's such a drain mentally and physically to keep training through, you know, like you think of even just the difference between making the semi-final and the final, like it's an extra few weeks of training, the next few weeks have just been, all you're thinking about is hurling, 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 hurling. And sometimes when you win that, you know, the bellies, you win the final, the bellies can be full, you... Just need you know you're not that hunger isn't there possibly for the following season or even with the case with Tipperary that it takes a couple of seasons. So you know, it was kind of coming back last year with this year then when they saw probably the you know you see the the madness around Limerick when they win it and all that. that you like Jesus, we want to get back there. That that can be that sometimes you can just be human and be like, you know what, actually, I'm not as pushed about when I
2: learned after winning one year before. I yeah. do like something that not even consciously. Do you know what I mean? Did something I thought would happen with Limerick last year I thought that they would win go on to win a few more All-Irelands Ar- maybe they would still will yeah. because there's so many of them are students and you, you have more time just to think about your hurling career mm. you have way more time whereas this Tipperary team they are older they, they do have jobs and everything to kind of worry about so I wonder like maybe I'm wrong maybe like being a student isn't that beneficial like in terms of like your hunger and stuff
0: yeah could to say you could have the opposite one where it's Well, they're all students, so they were, you know, they're young, they've got so many more distractions, there's festivals, there's going out and all that, but it's hard to know which way. That's
1: actually a good point, because there is a kind of a now or never element that maybe, like, maybe you've sort of, you've, maybe you've given it 99% for eight years, or, you know, whatever it is, and now it's like, geez, lads, we've to all Ireland's we should have a lot more we're the best mm. group of players that's ever come out of Tipperary and there's a bit of focus there whereas Limerick and look I've seen it with Clare and look they wouldn't think this and they wouldn't it wouldn't uh, be you know it definitely isn't the conscious thing and they'll tell themselves they haven't done enough since 2013 but I guarantee there was a sense of we're a young team we've plenty of time to do this you know so mm. somewhere in the deep in the subconscious and I you'd hope that Limerick don't have that as well I think Limerick had a very good defence of their title. They won Munster. They lost a very good game to Kilkenny in the semi final. The thing is, like, if you look at Tip's defence in 2017, that could be easier than the following year. Mm. Limerick is almost a real test now, you know? And another thing I want to briefly talk about when we're talking about, like, the state of hurling is, like, Tipard probably, in my opinion anyway, could go on to do this another two times. But we shouldn't forget that last season was a lot more open than this season. And there did seem to be a level of, Teams from kind of, you know, Waterford had a poor year, but they've been in the final the year before. Clare, Limerick, Cork, you know, who are still coming. Don't forget Galway just because they weren't in the knockouts this year. They've been in two All Ireland finals in a row. Probably need to bring through a couple more. Dublin are coming a little bit and, uh, you know, Kilkenny are still there. And Wexford obviously had their best year in 20 Mm. years and could, you know, kick on a little bit as well there. They've got a good age profile. So it's like, which was the real story the one where anybody could win the all-ireland last year or the one where we were kind of going tip actually won it you know easily enough in the end this year and we're kind of clearly the best team because i'm not sure and i would be interested to kind of it's going to be really 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 interesting 2020 to see was 2017 2018 a kind of a 2013 like anomaly you know and that Mm. the real story is just Tip are here forever, you know, and I they'll have, kill Ken- they'll have kill <laughs> Kenny to beat In the
0: final. I was thinking that when Peter was talking earlier on about going through the tip games this year, where it's like, I they didn't play that well in the Munster final, weren't great. The quarter final was the last, what are you was saying, about 40 minutes in the semi 20 minutes go in the semi 20 finals. minutes to go in the semi final, and they came to light. And it's like, so we're in the greatest he- era of hurling ever when any team can win it, yet Tip play for 20 minutes in the semi final. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Mm. It
1: felt like that kind of season, you know.
0: Uh, also, just a shout out to Liz Manley, who has. Uh, Said that we have. Uh, we talked about the bubbles, his name. We opened the bubbles, his name scoring is his game. But Marty Morrissey, uh, she's a great line that, uh, that Anthony Daly had said was, I used to love the parade because no one could score 2 4 off you. Then
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're nearly out of time. Uh, we want to go on through and talk about our uh, our rolling all stars that we've had the PWC GA GPA all stars that um. We've been picking team all year, and we've kind of we're gonna try and find pick a final team here. Uh, is there any other things from the game or from the final or the season or anything that we want to get to before that? Lads? Who's your man in the match today? Ronan Marr. Just uh, about though, because yeah. I thought that Seamus Kennedy also had a very good game. On he your very good, yeah. Yeah. was very good, yeah. And actually, Heffordham was very good as well. I would. The only problem I have with giving it to Marr is I feel like sometimes it's a very easy decision because you're an automatic highlight reel if you're a spare man in the mm. backs and.
0: Well, I, I, was be.
2: he a spare man? I have Barrett. Well,
0: well they seem to alternate. Whoever was nearest to... I suppose two on one One, one then, man up, you two know. men yeah. down. Or two men up, one man down. Yeah.
2: Well, you, you could say Colin Finley had a... a Kilkenny's second kind of danger man. Second most important player in the forwards. He was kept quiet all game. Yeah. And I, Ron Amar was the man on him. I agree with you. That's who I'd go for too. I, that mean, that? I think he had... like for. Seamus she- Callan had a very good second half. Bubbles had a very good second half. But Ron Amar had a very good game overall. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Agree. Noel McGrath, I think, was a, a secretly good, good player play. yeah, across yeah. the game. Yeah. Also,
0: Poddy and Brendan. I go for one of the Mars.
1: <laughs> Poddy had some moments. Actually, there was the moment the block. where well, I can't believe we've gone through it a full was th- podcast. Th- it was the, th- it was the, the only thing I had left to
0: talk about. To go to say at the stop was can we just talk about Poddy Mar <laughs> diving in front of a ball? Whatever g- he he jumped, he got a, he was he was trying to get all of his body in front of it. He had the hurl. he put his legs up. He was like a <laughs> capital C letter coming in. <laughs> and then what did he do? five them, seconds later yeah, yeah. then won the ball got up again won it you know it had broken away or whatever got up, burst it, out, burst Yeah, yeah he, burst he what he out he
2: also won the ball from a puck out which led to Nilo Marath goal that was him and he kind of set the move in motion then
1: yeah absolutely he had a great game and I think he had moments this season without ever being kind of his usual dominant self where there's times when Tipperary where like you couldn't Paddy Marr is just under every single ball he's impossible to play against. Don't think he was that dominant but he was as good. Which leads us to the All-Stars because he's someone who wasn't in our rolling All-Star team up until today. So will he get into it? Um, Mark, yep. do you want to name out the team that yep. we had going into
0: today? So the concept of the rolling All-Stars is that everybody gives out when you go to name the All-Star team after the final because nobody can remember a game past the semi-final. And it's like, well, this person had a great year, this other person had a great year but no one ever kind of pays much attention to that. Now, We've been doing this a couple of years where we've named an all had a, put, set our all-star team from the, after the first week of games just kept changing it and you'd have to do something really good to get in or get dropped out. Funnily enough you do kind of end up with a very similar team because you just end up playing more games so there's more evidence there. Yeah. And they're bigger games yeah, and you exactly. take them into account as well. But uh, that being said I think we do have an all-star team at the minute going into this final that looks very different to the one that's going to be named uh, uh, the PwC one in a couple of months but uh, at the minute we've got Ender Roland from information Goals. Cahill Barrett, cornerback, Hugh Lawler, and Sean Finn in the make up the rest of the full back line. Then you've got Ronan Maher, Matthew Hanlon, and Conor Fogarty in the half back line. Keen Lynch and Noel McGrath midfield. TJ Reid, Lee Chin, and Adrian Mullen in the half forward line. Conor McDonald, Seamus Callanan, and Patrick Horgan in the full forward line. Now, this forward line may change today, but just looking at that six, that's a hell of a forward line.
1: It's so not bad, actually, yeah. Uh, the one thing, is, and it's funny because we'll get to it with and Roland now when we talk about the goalkeeper um is the one it's it's, it's i gonna, I was gonna say flaw but it's not a flaw it's 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 we every we really need to take every week seriously because once this team is named, this is the team going into the final and somebody's going to have to pump somebody out so while Owen murphy was very very close to knocking off Ender Rowland, no goalkeeper in in any individual week has actually stood up enough to take out the amount of good performances in a season and I think people will see this because I'm going to say that Murphy didn't do anything today those puck out stats are terrible and he didn't save possibly had a chance with Amara. never made he, I think he made one save that was kind of from a a, a, a shot um in, in the first half obviously <laughs> I'm sorry, I going to finish
0: that sentence from a, a shot I think <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think the ball was going wide, was what I was going to say, and he kind of knocked it out for a 65, uh, which actually was a negative, if anything. Uh, So I think Roland's going to stay in, but I'm pretty sure Al Murphy will win an All-Star this year, you know? Mm. But I'm I'm not going to say that we're wrong here. I'm just going to say that that's why sometimes we do it in a different way, and that's why... It's going to have a different look, I suppose, yeah. at the end of the year. But this guy was phenomenal for Leash all the way through to John McDonough. And then in the preliminary quarterfinal against Dublin and again against Tipperary. He literally never let them down. He's a star. And we all saw him got the, the two points he got for his club there yeah. recently
0: as well. You would imagine though with Leash making a quarter final that they will get a an all star nomination. At least nomination, if not one a win somewhere. So like if they are going to get one you could be looking at him like, yeah if, we if, had Jack if, Kelly in the team yeah. for a while I can't
1: see I can't see like a wing back slot being available I have to say yeah. given the players we've had in so you're probably right he has the best chance yeah
0: but uh, this is of course the all Ireland final we've got to take out players and get rid of a couple of well we don't have to but that's the aim of it and if Ender Oda may be staying in but uh, what about the rest of them who's going out who's coming in
1: so I'm going to only open the conversation here by what I think. I'm not making decrees or anything like that, but I think that Barrett and Finn as cornerbacks are pretty much um, nailed on. After t- like again, given let's just take into account that or take as given that everything that's happened up until <laughs> now has led us with this team rather than yeah. a, a full season. You know, so it's just this game we're talking about. I wouldn't say anybody knocked Barrett or Finn out. I would question Hugh Lawler. I think we should come to that. And then we already we have a half-back line of Ronan Mar. Uh, Matthew O'Hanlon and Conor Fogarty I don't think Conor Fogarty had a good game No I would suggest that Ronan Mar moves back to the full back line instead of Lawler Where he's had
2: a good semi-final and final
1: Exactly yeah Yeah. exactly it's basically should be his position at this stage and he's been he's a hurler of the year candidate we should talk about that in a minute and then I would bring in as five and seven brendan marr and Paddy marr and we go tip heavy but i think that brendan marr is one of those people that should be on this team anyway and it is that is actually a flaw of the system because we've never had a, a moment where we could get him in because somebody had a good week in the same week or whatever it is but brendan marr has been the outstanding wing back of the championship and i would say then that uh although fogarty played very very well in the semi-final and up until then he was only he had only just come into the team, had a poor game, and I think Paddy Maher's consistency over the course of the year and those moments that he had today, I think would push him. When in. you look
0: at the trouble that Limerick had with TJ Reid and what to do with him, and then you look at how well uh, Maher played today, like it wasn't an issue at all. Like I know that is going to come down to a lot of what Tipperary did in general, and TJ Reid just came deep, to get you know, getting a lot of ball, and um, but. At the, same point, at the same time, you have to give him some credit for that. Again, he was as influential for Tipperary as Reid was for Kilkenny, without a doubt.
2: If we're talking about Brendan Maher, one notable thing is a year ago, he tore his... Was Cruciate League? Yeah, I, I was, was there, the game yeah. It yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the, the final game of the Munster Championship last year. And like, I remember I was at a, a media event earlier earlier this, earlier this year and Seamus Cannon said, yeah, Brendan Maher is back. He's better than ever and you know you think like ah yeah that's nice I mean but you know that's just something people kind of say he he is he's back he's better than ever it's it's incredible what he's done to come back and be at this level and be one of Tip's most important players in all our environment he like did great man marking jobs this
1: year yeah that's actually what I was going to say I think and I don't know I think Brendan Maher is going to go down as one of the the best players of all time right and one of the reasons for that is because he can do absolutely everything could you see him at 34 spend a year at 14 yeah. for Tipperary you know really what i'm great. saying like yeah, yeah. he can do absolutely everything he's a brilliant hurler he's a brilliant like scorer he's a brilliant up and down midfielder and he can he's been a great wing back for years but he also he's done man market jobs now as well where he's the guy he you put him on your best player he's going to mm. keep him quiet Um, And for me, that's just the complete all-round hurler. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Moving on to midfield, lads. Keen Lynch is going to raise a lot of eyebrows, right? But again, this has been done on a week-by-week basis. He didn't have one outstanding performance, but he was... Always good, nearly in, in every Limerick performance that they had. Keen Lynch played well, possibly except the semi-final. We didn't have anyone to, to get rid of him over the course of the two semi-finals, Funny enough. And I don't think anybody put their hand up today. There's going to be alongside Noel McGrath, who's guaranteed. Michael Breen been the only one, really, but he had, he mm. was quiet
2: enough again, wasn't he? Uh, I don't think he had a good enough game today to knock, knock Keen Lynch out.
1: Okay, we're sick with that. So, um, Mark, TJ Reid, Lee Chin, Adrian Mullen... Uh, was our half-forward line.
0: Nobody there, really. Like We're Mullen talking didn't about have a great possibly Bubbles. Tip, yeah. I think I think
1: most people are going to forget is that Bubbles was awful in the first half. There was a, a period where he got the ball and dropped it into the keeper's hands, which was really late in the first half, like 25 minutes, and I was like, Jesus, I haven't heard his name mentioned. Hmm. And you always hear his name mentioned because Marty loves saying John Bubbles at wire. And... Straight away he got the ball again, just hitting off a wide where he had all day and stopped dead nearly before he hit it, and then he came alive in the second half. And it's been the story of his season, isn't it? He's done it in bursts. He was brilliant all the, at the, the start of the Munster Championship as well. Like he shouldn't be written off. He did get one, two, and
0: all Who the you final drop though. Like you, you can't drop TJ Reid. Obviously, I don't think you can drop Adrian Muller. I know we had a good game today, but what he's done and. Maybe I'm getting caught up in his story as well, and like how yeah. he came back from being taken off, and but like I don't know, and you can't drop Lee Chin.
1: I agree. Actually, I I had Chin as the as the the one to drop there, and I'm just thinking Lee Chin's performance in the Leinster final and in the All Ireland semi final for me
2: makes him undroppable. Actually, best th- best season th- Lee Chin has ever had. Yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: Poor against Galway, but I think the fact that he when Wexford needed him the most, he was there as their main man. I think it's the first time he's ever done that on a consistent
2: basis, isn't it? He, I I often, th- during those games, I thought, Lee Chen looks like the best athlete on the pitch here. Mm. He, he just, he, often like he'd catch a ball, he'd just, he just take off by someone. It was just like he'd leave him for dead. And he looked by, in those games, like the professional athlete that he has talked about, about being. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: I think we're going to get a lot of. I think we're going to get a lot of stick for not putting bubbles in, but I hope people do listen for the reason. He is quiet. He had a lot of quiet games. He was very, very poor in the Munster final. He didn't do much in the semi-final, and he didn't do much in the first half.
2: I think he was probably th- he was switched positionally today. I yeah. think they, uh, John McGrath moved centre forward? He did, yeah. And then bubbles went. I guess for the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Which
0: bubbles at his best was better than, well, maybe not Reed, but. Mullen and Chin at their best yeah. this year. I agree with that, yeah. Consistently, they were consistently 8 out of 10 yeah. throughout the championship. Yeah, and Mullen, like Mullen, like
1: Mullen, the, the Chin question, is spe- Chin the, the person I would, line. I'd say Chin is safe and Reid is safe. The, pre- the cre- person I would question is Mullen because Mullen had a really poor game against Galway. It was taken off after half an hour and we're thinking, right, we won't see this lad again this year. Morris talks about it on every show mm. and the way he came back into the team was so, so impressive but does he have enough good performances together? I think his semi-final probably wins it. Yeah, not booking a ball in an Ireland final is a very, very, very like, it's it's a tough sell to give someone an all-star who really didn't hit a ball.
2: It, I mean, like, I presume a bit of his lack of performance there does come down to an illness he had earlier in the yeah. week but I don't think you can take that into consideration when you're talking no. about this. He's going to win Young Hurler the year. Sorry, that, yeah. That's what I was about to say. He's going to win her, Young Hurler the year. Yeah. So can we
1: take him out then? Did Bubbles have more of an impact on the championship than Mullen? See, when, Bu- when Bonnarmaar was there, Bubbles was at, was at his best because yeah. that's, he just created so much for him, you know. And then he did kind of like, that was still the winning of an All-Ireland was his and Callan's performance in the second half today.
2: Would they have performed if Richie Hogan hadn't been sent off? <laughs> and major Mullen wasn't sick. A lot of hypotheticals there. On, let's have a vote then.
0: Let's have a vote, honestly. I, I could also do the, the Kilkenny fan commenter, commenter on social media who's going to go, if we take Mullen out, lads, you have a, an all-star team with one Kilkenny player in it. <laughs> yeah. That can't matter. <laughs> I know we're going against our own principles if I'd, that I'd matters. Just, I said I was going to say the commenter thing. I, yeah, yeah. That,
2: okay.
1: Mean? Well, the commentator is also going to tell us how the hell do you not have bubbles in there for Adrian Mullen. But I'm going to stick with that then. If you guys are, I'm going to go with Mullen. Mullen right. Okay. There you go. And
0: it's Connor McDonald, James Callan and Patrick O'Regan, which is uh, an all-star for, for forward lane you can hang your hat on.
1: Exactly. I think that I think McDonald uh, deserves to be in there. I think if Conor and Fennelly had a big game today. I think he you would have been looking at putting him in and and that's all really. I mean John McGrath could have got three goals today and I wouldn't put him there in the all star team, you I've know. He had a good game
0: today. Things but it's just a forward line you picking really. We just like it's not a half forward line a full forward line. So there is an option of putting in Bubbles replacing one of the There is like full Bubbles probably lane.
1: did most of his work in the full forward line. I don't think Bubbles had a better season than Conor McDonald though.
0: No.
1: I I don't think he did and I I think Horgan and Callan are guaranteed. Hurler mm-hmm. year?
2: Pro- James Callahan yeah. scored in every game <laughs> He scored a goal yeah, He in every a
1: game. Goal. Sorry that's what I mean He got a goal in every game I think, I, I, I think Norm,
2: Norm McGrath might be able to shout Yeah I, 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 I have a feeling Norm McGrath is in with a shout this year I mean Callan does have that headline of scoring in a goal in every game Yeah It's, it's a big good headline it, It's a pretty good one yeah <laughs> But I, I, I have th- feeling Norm McGrath might be in with a shout yeah be yeah. either one of the shows. Yeah, you know? I he,
1: think, I think he could be a nominee with Ronan being yeah. the third contender. Ronan Mar had his best ever season. I think yeah. it was. Yeah,
2: I mean, if we're talking like the three nominees for her year, T J is in there. Yeah, Callan is in there, I think Noel McGrath will be in there.
1: Interesting on T J for me. T J was kept quiet too many times. Now, that's that's not his fault. Yeah. That's the way uh, teams. It helped Kilkenny, I think, in mm. the long run. But I think he was kept quiet.
2: I, I like just because he's kept quiet scoring wise, he was. He was uh, contributing in other ways. I think I realised that he had ten assists in the two games yeah. previous to this. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, had, he he was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning his place in the All Star team or not. Um, Mark, who would you go for?
0: Uh, I'm going to say Ronan Maher just to be different <laughs> having the foggiest really. I'll tell you one thing lads. if Seamus
1: Cannon doesn't win the, I love there's no bigger the only bigger fan of Noel McGrath outside of Tipperary in this country than me is Michael Dignan, right <laughs> because he bloody loves Noel McGrath then, I, then I'm second right but if Seamus Cannon doesn't win her of the Year this year after being absolutely robbed in 2016 <laughs> when he was easily the player of the year and then to not win it again this time when he scores a goal in every championship game in a new bloody format where you play a whole load of games then i don't know what to say about it to be honest um i thought even today even though he got like a what was ultimately kind of a tap in what he did in the 10 minutes after that even was just it, it was when that. he's at his best he said and most of the time he does that for longer than 10 minutes most of the time he does that for but four he scores
0: a goal in every game but what I'm most remembered from him in this championship is a pass so yeah that, that what a pass a that him. was yeah okay i think i think we've had a reaction what do you reckon I think we have. I think it's time to look ahead, Mick. and look forward to the next to the league. of sport. Oh. No, no. <laughs> I was gonna, this is where we plug our other podcasts, Mick. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've, we've got
1: a lot of podcasts. I look, yeah. Actually, if you're listening to this, because we are putting it out on Periscope, um, and if you're listening to it for the first time and you don't know what the Tree man weave is and you enjoyed it, you can subscribe to our podcast, our loads of uh, different podcasts in our feed, which we'll go through in a second, by searching balls.ie and wherever you get your podcast apps uh subscribing please rate us actually helps as well leave a comment even if you don't mind um that would be very very helpful but we've loads more podcasts coming up because this is our uh our weekly ga we'll be back next week with an off season one next or an off an off week one next monday and then obviously back for the all Ireland football final um, but we also have our uh build up podcast me and you mark
0: yep uh with lab brooks where we kind of like look at
1: we didn't do great on the All-Ireland no. Final this week but we had a brilliant first week
0: yeah we uh, the build up comes out every Thursday morning where we kind of build up to the weekend of sport and action that's ahead yeah. our first week we make some mad predictions on it obviously it's all it's basically us just kind of uh, trying to be uh, oracles and decide what's going to and tell everybody what's going to happen at the weekend and build we were, up to yeah, it yeah enjoy, exactly. enjoy the actual sport yeah, part of up it as well yeah. as well yeah. um we this weekend morris is very unlucky he said that there'd be four goals or more in the game there ended up being three The sending off the conditions a lot you know came down was a lot of stuff like that that uh, affected that i
1: had seamus cannon to score a
0: goal at any time though yeah exactly Um i had uh Outside of GEA, I had built up the hype for the BMW Championship this weekend. Mentioned Hideki Matsuyama; uh, he went and broke the course record <laughs> on Friday, <laughs> which was outrageous to go into a lead. The only issue was his course record of 63 was then broken the following day by Justin Thomas, who got a who, who hit a 61 round yesterday. So unfortunately, Hideki's can he get into the each way money? Because uh, I mean, possibly that would he's be. down to ninth now. I think. Right? Okay, still um, in there, but he's still in with a shout of the top six. Uh, but Anyway, there is the, the build-up pod, podcast, like we said, every Thursday. We'll
1: be back with that on Thursday. World and Union, our weekly rugby podcast, returns next week. Not this week. Um, we're just uh, another week after after Ireland play our next match. We'll be back with a weekly Tuesday show. And we're also going to have a little football product for you um, starting in place of our GEA show um, on Monday in a couple of weeks. Soccer, soccer, soccer that is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. GEA podcast, the- we call it soccer. <laughs> we call it soccer in this part of the world. Okay, lads really enjoyed that. We can go and we can take it easy on Monday now. This is great, isn't it? It's we'll all take done. The day off. Yeah. Like everyone in tip. Did you see the big banner by the way that says we're on the beer call us Tuesday. <laughs> <With the> tip, <laughs> and a real old school kind of banner, you know, with the tin little wooden tin little wooden uh, poles and uh, kind of shitty material like you know blue and blue and gold. I did not see that. Yeah. I, will go, I
2: will now go look for it.
1: <laughs> well, they're on the beer. We're going on the beer and we'll see you Tuesday.